Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Episode two of the Fight Gravity Show. It's me, John, and today I am here with my good friend, Bruno. He has an incredible story, and like I tell people, he saved me from teaching. I, I met him, I was about nine years into my journey as a teacher in 2017. I was disgruntled for a variety of reasons I will not go into. Story for another time. <laughs> yeah, so he, he introduced me to like essential oils. Uh, and one thing that was like curious for me is was not only the essential oils, kind of the opportunity because I wanted a means to express myself and my passion for health and fitness without having to go back to school and pay tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of loans. So, you know, I met in Bruno and it's been about four years now. And well, he's probably one of my best friends. He's like a brother to me now here, here in China. And that's really great, especially when you're abroad. So my whole, my whole journey as an entrepreneur and the team and the leadership development we have was because of his story and what he's been through the leadership development that we have and our mutual mentor who like amazing, amazing training. And so Bruno came to China after some terrible that things that happened in his life, his mom had passed uh, eventually his mother had passed. He had gone down into drugs and alcohol, massive addictions, and he brought himself out of it. Well, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, he, he met another wonderful woman who was originally from California. And she has, she has, she has a wonderful story. Her name is Victoria. And the, the short of it was like, well, well, Bruno, your, your way is not working. Why don't you try my way? <laughs> um, and, and so the amazing things that she taught him helped him go through powerful detoxes, helped him change his mindset and be, it helped change him. And, and so when every, every single time I hear Bruno version 1.0 or, or, or 2.0, <laughs> the beta version, you, you could say, it, it, it's hard for me to imagine because I, I, knew, I knew Bruno on, on the other side of his transformation when he was like, and calendar, live and die by the calendar. And like, you know, very like organized and motivated and really clear. Yeah. And so in, in starting this, this show, I really wanted to make sure to dedicate some time. So everybody out there, you can listen to his story, see, see what happened to him, how he brought himself out and what, what you can take away. So we'll start right away with what brought you to China. First, hello everyone, uh, I'm Bruno, and thanks John a ton for this introduction. I think it's, it sums it up pretty well. Though I did not introduce you to essential oil. I introduced you to a specific type of quality of essential oil. You already had some experience with some different type of essential oil. So what brought me to China? Well, you know, being from a little farm town in Belgium, I was not very highly educated. I got my diploma in cooking and I, I was just living the life as a chef. And my brother was in Shenzhen for five years or so. And I hadn't seen him in so long. I was like, what? Uh, wait, first quick question. 
is it all right to swear or is it politically correct language only? You know, I'm I'm okay with with profanity. It's it's not an issue at this point. <laughs> all right. I'm glad you you say that. So I asked my brother, what the fuck are you doing in China? What the fuck does an IT guy do in China? China is a farmland. It's like you've got the cow, you've got the rice, you've got the, the straw hat. And that's pretty much my vision of China. Until he starts laughing, of course. And he's like, dude, you should come here and discover what China is. And so I take him to his word and I come on a trip. Uh, 2011, something like that. Like, yeah, about 10 years ago. And I come and visit the place. And already I arrive in Hong Kong and I'm like, yeah, that's Hong Kong. I've seen that in some movies. Then I arrive in Shenzhen first through the ferry. So it's it's small. The buildings are not super tall. The activity is not too rushed. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then through the, la the next two weeks with my brother going to his office, seeing the city like for what it is, or at least what it was 10 years ago, I was like, shit, that's China. Dude, I feel like a farmer going from Belgium. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then after three days of going to the office, I'm like, dude, I'm bored. I don't really need to stay here. The office is not my life. I'm a chef. I don't really care about that. So I'm going. And he's like fretting that I'm going on an adventure by myself. And so he just makes sure that I can call him at any time if I get lost or kidnapped or whatever you know, 10 years ago. And then I go and I discover a bit the city and I love the metro station at the time. It was very easy and convenient. And so I go and everyone I met, no exception, be it local Chinese with crappy English, like mine, my English at the time was very bad as well. So don't worry about it. Um, So local with crappy English, local who already were able to speak French for some reason, uh, expats, and literally everyone I met was like, hey, Bruno, what do you do? And every single time I answered the question by saying I'm a chef, they were asking the following question. Why don't you open a business here? I was here as a tourist for holidays, right? And mind you, back in Europe, I've always wanted to have my own business. I've always hated to have to work for a boss that don't respect you, that don't pay you what you deserve. And so I wanted, I really wanted to do my own. I wanted to be in control of my life. But then every time I said that to anyone, be it family, best friends, and other people uh, in Belgium, everybody was like, Don't do that. It's too much risk. You will fail. Too much taxes, too much problem. It's not good. Don't, don't even try. Just keep getting your job and stick with a job and you will be happy. And I'm like, fuck, I want more than that. And every single time I, I was asked that question by people in China, I was like, but I'm only on a holiday. Well, just make your holiday longer and launch something. Just give it a try. You know, Shenzhen is open for that. I was like, wait, am I in China? Like, you know, communist China, the place that's supposedly not pushing for making business or money or something like that. Everybody that did not know me 
was like, why don't you do your own business? I even had, after 10 days of being here, somebody that wanted to invest up to a couple of hundred thousand yuan on me. He did not know me. He knew me for what? Three days. He was like, I could help you get started on your business. I was like, fuck. I love that. And so it made me feel in love with the city, with the spirit of the people that are like, try, do something. You've got skills, use them. Don't just stay in your bubble. I was like, that's exactly what I had been looking for my entire life. So I was like, all right, China is the place. That's where I'm going to go. And so I came to Shenzhen to chase my dream of entrepreneurship. Now, as you mentioned, well, life hits in different ways. I've lost my father before coming. Then I've lost my brother, then my mother. The very first friend I had, first expat friend that I had here who lived in the same building as my first apartment uh, died also in the same period from a swimming accident in in Yangshuo. And so like having everything putting me down and being alone, as you mentioned, having friends and like somebody that's as close as a brother to you here makes a big difference. Uh, But I did not have that at the time. And so I'm so super grateful for China, for Shenzhen specifically, and for our mentor, Victoria, to have put a hand up and just thought that I could have been her son and that she want, she would have wanted somebody to take care of her son. Yeah. And so uh, she really shot and helped me. And that, that's really what keeps me here, equal in opportunity and community, like, in my opinion, in my view. Okay. So you got here, tourist visa, someone's willing to invest in you. Boom, starting on entrepreneurship. Your dad passed before. You get here. And then shortly after you're here, um, what are what are kind of the what are the catalyst points that get you like dropping down and down and down that make it really just hard to deal with, hard to cope with? Well, so I arrived in Shenzhen. Uh, so I, I went in Shenzhen for about three weeks. The first time to discover what my brother was doing, falling in love with the city, then coming back to Belgium, selling everything I owned, uh, and just there was a backpack. If you go check, I only had one front tooth. And so basically I fixed my teeth because I was, I already was overcoming the fact that my father left our family with over 200,000 euros of debt. And I had helped my mother overcome that challenge before coming here. And so I've invested a bit in myself to just refresh myself and coming here. And as soon as I arrived within less than two months, my brother left to go live in Singapore, leaving me alone here in Shenzhen. And my my little brother passed away from lung cancer. So he was 24. He celebrated his birthday and 10, 10 or 11 days later, he passed away. And it was about 10 days before my birthday. So I was still 24. The 
the both of us were about 11 months apart, which led me to, he was 24, I'm 24. What happened if it was me? What did I live? What are the things I want to experiment? What are the, the things I want to discover? What are the feelings I want to feel? And so I basically went down a path. I promised myself uh, while on a trip in the Philippines to just try to let go of the, the sorrow of losing my brother, uh, that I would try everything. I would not say no to anything that I hadn't tried for the simple reason that what is life worth living for if it's not to be doing something and to experiment? Like life is all about the memories you're building. So I started with the, the idea in mind of I'm brand new in a city where nobody knows me. I can literally try and do anything without having anyone judging me or at least anyone that matters to me because the rest of my family was back in Belgium. So nobody knew me. Nobody knew what I was doing here. And so I had no excuse or reason to let prejudgment from where I was coming from to hold me back. And so I did. But the problem is when you say yes to literally everything is that he will do literally anything. And that leads to a lot of drinking, a lot of smoking, a lot of drugs, a lot of sleepless night and uh, spending night helping bars and meeting different people and having different kind of crazy conversation all over town. And so I've done that for a while. And then I met a lady uh, at one of the jobs I was managing. So in that past, I've become a strip and pole dancer. Uh, I've managed different bars. Uh, I was working in different places, doing different stuff. I've even tried working for Microsoft for just a couple of weeks, but I just wanted to hang myself at the time. So it was like, yeah, not for me. Um, which basically, after trying all kinds of crazy shit, um, I met a lady that while I was managing a bar and she was like, well, dude, you came here for entrepreneurship and you haven't started a business yet. So what are you And she was pretty well, uh, but not for the best. <laughs> And she, she decided me to, to try to just let go. And so the small bit of saving that I had, I spent it on trying to create my very first company, which was with the uptake of teaching people how to cook French and Italian food, which is my background, basically. And so I've done that. And about a week after I launched my business, my very first business, my mother passed away from lung cancer. And at that point, I already had lost my brother and my father. Uh, I thought I would be able to handle it emotionally, but I was not ready for it. I did not know. And I was not like, I did not have the tools, nor the knowledge, nor the skills to to handle that pressure and that, that loss. And so when my mom passed away, I went down a very dark path. Like I had experimented with drugs and alcohol before, but it was more on an experimental phase. 
which had led me to understand that when I drink alcohol, I can numb my feeling. When I'm afraid, I just have to smoke cigarettes so that I feel more courageous. And whenever I feel that I need a boost, I can take any type of drugs to just push my brain a bit further. And that was what I was doing. But once my mom passed away, I started using the drugs and the alcohol to just keep an emotional balance, which was basically numbing the feeling, but keeping me feeling. So it was just a very, very self-destructive path where I just brave. And after close to a year and a half of doing that, I ended up homeless. Like I lived as a homeless in Hong Kong for close to a month, about three weeks or something, uh, washing myself in the public toilet in Kowloon Park. Uh, recommendation, if you end up homeless in Hong Kong, Kowloon Park has free water that you can drink. Uh, just be careful, the police at night is not very friendly. Uh, so I end up homeless. I end up just following my entrepreneurial path and not having a job. So not being able to pay the rent, not being able to pay for my visa, not being able to do anything. And so I basically crap everything I had uh, trying to survive with my failing business. The second failing business that I started on the side of the first one. The first one was teaching people how to cook during daytime. And at nighttime, I was flicking, flipping burgers in a hooker jump. So it's like, I was really doing anything I could to grab a tiny bit of money and just get by, like survive. But that that was just not doable because one needs to sleep, one needs to eat, one needs to do something for themselves and just be able to detach from those feelings. But I was doing 72 hours without sleep on drugs and alcohol until I crashed down, then wake up 12 hours later and then took some more and got back to it. So... The destruction path was pretty hardcore. And at that moment, just before being homeless in Hong Kong and coming back from there, uh, I had met a lady, Victoria. And she, when she met me, she was like, dude, whatever you're doing does not seem to work very well for you. I had black circle down under my cheek, like literally under my cheek. I had pimple bigger than my thumb all over my face, my neck, my chest, my shoulders. I could not wear a backpack without bleeding. That's how bad it was. So it was very apparent that I was not a happy camper at the moment. And so she basically threw a book at me and said, well, when you come back, we will talk. And at first I came home and I was like, what will a book do for me? And I threw that on the on the shelf. You know, it's like, what can a book pay my rent? What can a book fix my business? What can a book fix the way I look and feel? I was like, that's complete bullshit. But she had talked to me about essential and she got me started with some uh, lavender tea tree and oregano basic stuff for my skin and for my emotion and for sleep better. And so I started using that stuff occasionally. I was not super uh, 
I, I was not trusting that essential oil could work because, you know, my mom used to burn those essential oil on a candle burner and it, it was basically giving me a headache. So I was like, yeah, whatever. But over time, when I came back, I came back and the first thing I saw was the book that she gave me. So I started reading it. For your reference, it's called Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. Totally worth reading. Yeah. Highly recommend. The English in which it's written is a bit old. And if you're not a native English speaker, it will be a pain in the butt to read. But get through the pain. It's worth it. Yeah. And so uh, after that, I read the book and I used the oil and then I started coming back to Victoria and having conversation with her and then drop by drop recommendation and tips by tips once a week she was giving me ideas on how I could change and improve my life and that's basically what got me onto where I met you so <clears throat> you you're introduced to oils and Victoria before your your homeless journey for three weeks in Hong Kong you, you, you come back, you read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Awesome book. Uh, also one of my favorites. Uh, you, you come back, you start kind of making some changes. You're, you're responding to her feedback. So, like, at, at that point, like, what, do you, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, you're back, you're using oils. What are you doing at this point, like, to improve your health? Uh, well, it started small, right? Um, on the first week after reading the book, I knocked at her door. There was a class going on about essential oils. So I sit through the whole stuff and I'm like, and I'm just listening. And then she introduces me as a rock star, somebody that cooks amazing and stuff. And everybody in the community is just extremely positive. And I'm like, damn, those people either they are all liars or they are on some kind of drugs. It's impossible to be that happy that early in the morning. And that was my perspective when I, when I first met the, the entire community. And well, the first week after the class, she's like, well, you should be drinking a bit more water. And if you can put a drop of lemon essential oil in it and just drink more water. Don't, don't worry about the rest. But pay attention to how much water you drink and drink more. It will help you go to toilet more often and clean your liver and your kidneys a bit easier. And it will help soothe your skin. I was like, how the fuck the amount of water I drink has any effect on my skin? I'm not sure, but whatever she's doing seems to be working for her. She's got a beautiful community. She's got a beautiful house, a beautiful family and a lot of money. What can go wrong if I follow her example? So she gave me that idea of drinking a bit more water. Then she gives me the, the reminder of exercising because exercising triggers happiness. I'm like, wait, what? That can't be that simple. So I get back into exercising, which I was naturally kind of doing because I've always loved roller skating, skateboarding, and stuff like that. So I was using my blades mostly to go through one place, but from one place to another. But I was not intentionally to exercising to feel a specific way. So I started doing that on a more regular basis. Then uh, she told me about diet and the fact that 
nutrition has everything to do with the way you feel and the way you look. I was like, huh? What is she talking about? How does food make you look differently? I thought it's it either make you fat or not, but I did not think it could do something with your skin or with the way you feel. I had no understanding on most body system at the time. I was like, okay. And so what happened there, and as you might start already catching on uh, while I'm sharing this, is that step by step, she plants seeds. And she made me realize that I know nothing. I'm like Jon Snow and basically going through life, like, <laughs> hoping that things get better. And every time she is more than giving me nutrition advice, she's giving me knowledge of my lack of knowledge, awareness of my lack of awareness. And so she's guiding me literally step by step to be opening my mind and just researching more. And so every single time I was finishing a book that she had recommended me, I was like, okay, here is where I'm at. What do you recommend for me? And so after reading a book like Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, it was about mindset. She told me to read The Slight Age, which was a freaking great recommendation because it gave me the idea of the 1% change that you don't see, you don't feel on a daily basis. But over the years, it just goes crazy high, crazy fast. It's compound interest. I had no understanding of that. I had basic business uh, understanding, but never understood the compound interest. And so through reading this, I was like, okay, so it works the same with my health, with the way I feel. What if over six month period, maybe over a year period, maybe over five year period, I don't know. And so Every step of the way, she was just guiding me on opening my mind to new ideas and to researching more. And of course, I'm a pretty skeptical person. And every single time she threw something at me, I was like, that's bullshit. It can't work. It can't be that simple. But of course, I'm not saying it's bullshit for the sake of saying it's bullshit. It's because how... Is it possible that I've lived 27 years without knowing that the amount of water I drink would change the way my skin look and feel? That my food could impact my brain on how I felt physically, emotionally, and cognitively. So every time I had that repulsion, that that's bullshit. It's impossible that I've lived so long without ever coming across these ideas, these concepts. But then it forced me to go home and research. And so that's really what I did. Uh, Victoria and I disagree on some of the concepts like nutrition and stuff. She researched, I research, and we have very different approach. But it's not that we disagree on concepts. It's that we disagree on the finite details, which is fine because it doesn't make sense a concept can be proven right or wrong. But the details are really where it might work for her while it might not work for me. 
And that's where experience coming to play. And that's also something that Tom Bilyeu always say. Tom Bilyeu is one of the mentors that I keep on following. Totally recommend his channel, The Impact Theory. Um, and so uh, he always say, do not be dogmatic about anything outside of believing that you can change. That's the only dogma you can accept. If you're dogmatic about any other ideas, you're going the wrong way. And that's the approach that I started taking for myself. Awesome. Yeah. So I, at one point in your journey, I do recall you spent a year like at the beach to kind of like detox your life and kind of reset. So at what point did that happen? Did that happen after Hong Kong? And then what was like your, what was your focus and what was your goal? for this like kind of like one year beach yeah. detox venture. So on that part is like, I got started with the, with the doTERRA, the essential business. And like, I was still trying to do the, the, the cooking stuff, but emotionally, physically, mentally, I was drained. I was dying. And Every effort I was trying to do to distance myself from the drugs, the alcohol, the smoking and everything else was always broken down by the simple fact that I was living in SeaWorld. And if you know Shenzhen, you know that SeaWorld is one of the expat bubble. And every single time I opened my door, coming down to buy a bottle of water or whatever, people we're like, Bruno, long time no see. Come and have one with us. Let's enjoy. Let's have fun. And so it's extremely hard to change anything in your life. If everyone around you is pointing you in one direction, it's hard to go against it. Now, I had the pull from the, the healthy community of Victoria that was once a week, I was meeting uplifting people that were like, oh, yeah, you should drink more water. You should exercise. You should sleep better. You should do this. And just trying to give good, positive, uplifting advice and, and stuff. While six days a week, I was out and about trying to make money and hanging with people that were just pushing alcohol and partying and, and not caring about food. So I was like, I won't succeed if I stay this way. I need some change. My business is not going anywhere. I can keep on doing it if I want when I come back, but I need something different. I need different type of people and I need different scenery. I can't stay here in the middle of the city. It's going to kill me. And so I started looking for an opportunity and I was like, how the fuck can I get out of this city? How? And then on WeChat moment, if you don't know WeChat, well, check it out. It's an app on in China, really useful. Um, and I see the moment of a friend that's shooting the kitchen behind him and then turning and seeing the sea. And I'm like, damn, that looks like a pretty cool place to be working at. And so I hit him a message and say, hey, where's that spot? Uh, is there, is your boss recruiting for anything? I'm happy to be a toilet cleaner. I'm happy to just clean the floor and take the garbage out. I'm happy to be a waiter, a manager, anything. 
ACO bus hiring. He's like, dude, are you serious about that question? Because I've got a good opportunity in SeaWorld and I want to take that job in SeaWorld. If you're serious about it, I introduce you to the bus. You come here and you replace me. I was like, no way. I'm in. So I made a trip to the beach and I went and met the guy. And I was like, yes, I don't care. Uh, the pay is shit. I don't care. Uh, you won't make a lot of money. I don't care. Uh, there may be some tips, but don't expect much. I don't care. I just want to be here. And so he's like, okay, can you cook? Well, throw me in the kitchen, see what I can do. And I started cooking and I was not cooking the American food that they were used to, but the chef recommended to the boss to let me try something that I'm used to do for my own style. And as soon as I started cooking my own stuff, he was like, yeah, all right, you'll make it. Okay. Uh, he let the other chef go away within two weeks and me getting back there and restarting to work there within two weeks. And so that's where, you know, Victoria, not so long before that, just told me about meditation. And I was like, that's bullshit. Meditation is bullshit. It's for hippies. It's not like it can't help you. It's just for stoners. It's bullshit. And of course, I'm there, I'm at the beach, I'm learning how to surf. Literally, I've never surfed before, so literally trying to learn how to surf. And the guy is like, well, there, there are small waves. You should take one of those big boards and just go and try. And I do that, and after a couple of hours, I'm tired, I'm hungry. Uh, I just go back and sit and talk with him. And he's like, so, how do you like surfing? I'm like, well, I love it. I don't know why it makes me feel amazing. And so he's like, yeah, kind of like meditation. I'm like, oh, you're not going to get started with that. Meditation is bullshit. It's for hippies and stoners. He's like, oh, okay, tell me more about it. And so he starts getting the conversation rolling to the point where he is leading me to understand that while sitting on the waves, and not doing anything else than just breathing and hoping for a wave to come. Well, it's kind of like meditating and waiting for a thought to pass by. And so I got my best meditative experience through surfing. And that's also what helped me living so far away from the city. I was coming back once a week just for a couple of hours. Uh, the time to clean clothes, change, get some stuff done and get my regular one customer from my first business uh, satisfied with cooking classes and then going back to the beach. And so it kept me away from drugs and alcohol. I was still smoking because in China, cigarettes are widely available and extremely cheap. Uh, and so I was basically the only vice I was still having was that and girls, of course, can't help it. Uh, and so it helped me to really clean myself. Now, when I say clean myself, don't expect that in a year, after five years of destroying yourself, you're going to be feeling amazing, right? My skin was better, but I still had some acne pimple almost as big as my thumb coming up here and there. Uh, but my back was recovered from the sun, but the sun was helping a lot. Uh, 
eating better, going to sleep every day at 9 p.m. was extremely helpful. Waking up at 5.30 was amazing. You know, you're just beside the beach. You wake up, you go at the beach, you've got the sun rising up above the sea. It's like just the best way you could live. So I was like, all right, I'm in. That's, that's really what I needed. And I've done that for like just a season. Now, Shenzhen season, the half season is pretty much 10 months. So I've done that for like seven or eight months because the, the guy already had started for a month and a half when I seen the post. And so that, that's really how I, I really got a reset on my entire system was just staying away from everything and just once a week getting the, the feedback from Victoria. Like sometimes it was more like once a month because I was just so absorbed into surfing that I was not going to her class. But almost once a week I was seeing her and she was giving me different recommendations and I was trying to apply them while living at the beach. And so I came back later on remotivated for my business, for myself, feeling a lot better, having used the oils for a year, for stuff as dumb as skin rash, burns in the kitchen, uh, pimple, uh, falling down and hurting yourself, whatever, you know, small stuff, but using them on a daily basis made it that I started realizing very quickly that on the top of helping my skin or my, my rash, it was also helping me feel better because every time I was smelling something like peppermint, it was reminding me of the candy cube that the grandma next door was giving me when I was doing homework when I was a kid, which was remem reminding me of very positive experiences. So it was bringing positive feelings. And then uh, every time I smelled wild orange, I had that sensation that memory coming back of me being I don't know five six maybe seven years old and it was um, Saint Nicola uh, it's a tradition we celebrate in Belgium and in Switzerland uh, and we got some present and we had some orange and that the wild orange in that bottle always smelled the same as this exact memory and so this was really triggering positive feelings on a daily basis which started rewiring my brain off of the negativity of the depression and the feeling bad on the top of having the sunshine, better rhythm of sleeping, drinking a lot more water, uh, living at the beach, being more grounded and stuff like that. So that, that was really my big detox period. Uh, now, that being said, it was not all fluffy and beautiful, right? I was getting off alcohol and pretty addictive drugs like steroid and cocaine. So I've had moments where I was shaky. I had moments where I was going through headaches, withdrawal and other stuff. Uh, but I did not need any medical attention for the simple reason that I was doing the right things. I was drinking a lot more water. I was sleeping a lot more. Uh, I was literally, the first month, I was sleeping a ton. Like every day in the afternoon, I was taking a nap of an hour and a half, two hours on the top of my nine hours of sleep uh, in the evening. So it's like, it was just recovery for the body. And that's something that I would recommend for anybody struggling with detaching themselves with anything is get the fuck out of your routine, drink more water and sleep.
I don't give a fuck about eating. You could spend your days without eating for two, three, four days, but just drink more water and sleep more. You will see this will be a big reset. You can keep on eating like you like. I don't care. You will see the difference sleeping and drinking more water. I think one of the most powerful parts about your transformation up until this point in your story is that it's not just like one thing. Like you, you wanted to change. You had reached your point. Like I need to change that realization, guiding things. You found a mentor. You found like tools, and essential oils were like one tools, and it was a gateway for you for multiple tools. You needed to change like your location. You needed to change the people around you. Um, there were things in your life that allowed for mental and emotional transformation. I might argue spiritual as well, but that could get us down a rabbit hole that maybe we don't have time for. <laughs> uh, so I, the, the point is, even even for people who, who are maybe not not addicted, I think it's important to keep in mind like all these different things that you had. And people can reflect on your story, and it's like, you know, there's, it, it's going to probably take more than one thing if I really need to tra transform. Oh, yes. Uh, there is no magic bullet. Whatever bullshit scam you're hearing on Facebook advertisement and YouTube, that you take this course and your life will magically transform and bleh, like that does not happen. Yeah. I've gone through transformation for the last, heck, seven years now. Uh, it does not happen overnight. It does not happen by magic. It's a heck of a lot of work, but it's worth it. Uh, yeah. Nothing changed with just one small change in your life. You will have to make a change holistically. If you want to change the way you think and feel, about life and yourself, change the people around you. This is just simple. If everyone around you say life is shit, well, what your norm become is that life is shit. If everyone around you is saying life is beautiful, then your norm become life is beautiful. But now if your body is not working well, everybody can tell you life is beautiful. <laughs> You're going to be like, I'm calling bullshit on that. I feel like crap. So you got to take care of your body. You got to take care of your mindset, your mental, your emotional. You got to take care of everything. And it does not happen with just drinking more water or just sleeping or just exercising or just eating right or just using essential oil or just talking to the right people. It's a combination of things. And my best advice on this is read the slight age. And really understand that everything you're doing today will not appear today in your life. You're drinking that one more glass of water today. You will start feeling it a week, a month, six months, a year later. Yes. You start changing the people around you one by one, step by step. It's not like, okay, I'm cutting everybody off of my world and I'm going to select the best people. Now, it's one step at a time. You're like, okay, this person, how do I feel? How does he make me feel? Okay, I might be distancing my, myself a bit of that. Oh, that YouTube channel, I love it. Well, that becomes one of my five people, right? 
And that's really something that I can also recommend. If people around you are not the kind of people you want, well, fuck that. You've got internet. You can get access to anyone in the world. Yeah. Just be watch. Spend more time with people that thinks the way you want to think. Absolutely. You don't have to have physical people. No, along these same lines, we've got kind of the theme of detox. So let's like fast forward a little bit in your story. And so when talking about detox, this isn't like these bullshit, like 30 day juice fasts. Um, oh, so I know you've been, you, you've experimented a lot with your like nutrition as well as doing a series of kind of like 30 day detoxes uh, that have had significant effects on, on your health. And maybe you could go into more detail and give like an overview of like what this was like going through these 30 day detoxes and going through this process of trial and error of finding different things with this theme of what food actually helps me. What, what, what can I have that's going to, to heal me? What's going to help me like feel good? What is going to energize me and what is not going to like just affect me positively physically, but mentally and emotionally, because I know this was, this was a process. It, it took, it, it took time. It took, it took years. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good question. And that on its own should be a one and a half hour, if not five hours topic, but I try to keep it condensed as much as I can. Uh, So that comes after I come back from the beach, right? I'm feeling better. Like I'm feeling better than I felt in the last five years prior to that, but I'm still having pimple on a regular basis. I'm still not sleeping at the top while living in the city compared to how I slept when at the beach. And I was not feeling perfect. Like I still had back issue, shoulder cracking, uh, spine cracking, knee problem. You know, I, I love to say my Chinese name is Bulao because I will never be old. And the older I get, the younger I look and feel. Uh, and that's seriously true. People who knew me as a teenager would not believe how strong I have become when I had back problem as 15 year old. Uh, but Skipping through that and going into the detox, I came back and I was like, okay, Victoria, now let's get into the shit of it. Because I've done everything you told me for over a year and a half. Now I've used essential I've used uh, drinking more water, sleeping better, doing this, making the research, stopping the addiction. My health is not a hundred percent back yet what can i do now of course she says well it's it's already a lot better and you can see the progress right yes but i want to feel like you're feeling and if you meet victoria you will know what i'm talking about she's shining like you she enters a room and everybody is like attracted to her energy and that's the kind of things I want it for my life. And so she said, well, it all starts in your gut. And I'm like, explain to me more. And so she started breaking down some concept. The fact that you have neurons in your gut, the fact that your microbiome affects 
the release of specific hormone depending on how much bacteria of what type you have. And I'm like, oh, fuck. But then how is it possible that I have gone through nutrition in high school to become a certified chef food, supposedly, and that it is recommended to eat more rice and sugar and blah, 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 potato, pasta, bread, uh, and dairy and cheese than it is to eat veggie and meat. And it's like she explains to me that corporation are also in control of a lot of advertisement and TV and that Kellogg's is recommended for breakfast by big corporate that makes a lot of money off of selling sugar and corn. That doesn't mean it's healthy for you. And so I started making my own research because I was like, wouldn't people be aware of that? But then if my government taught me that very wrong way of living that led me to be pre-diabetic because the pimple was coming from diabetes. My liver was not able to process anything anymore. And my kidneys were way behind as well for the simple reason of the drugs, but the alcohol, especially because of the content of sugar in alcohol. Uh, And so after learning that and having her uh, guiding me on some concept, I started making my own research and going down the rabbit hole, I came across a couple of things like through Victoria, I came across the concept of elimination diet, which is basically you eat one or two types of food for 30 days and you only eat that shit for 30 days. And after that, you integrate things step by step to discover what triggers what. Some food will trigger you to go to toilet better. Some food will trigger you to be angry for no reason. Some food will be triggering you some happiness and some giggle and some lightness and feeling cognitively present. And some food will make a big cloud in front of your brain. And it's like, okay, so by doing this, and I combined the the elimination diet concept with after reading uh, everything about the Bulletproof Diet, the, the forum, the blogs, and the books, I was like, I'm going to go Bulletproof for at least the next 30 to 60 days do, doing the elimination diet. So I, I really reduced down to eating very simple food, uh, meat and veggie, green veggie, nothing else. And then I started discovering how my body was reacting with a lot of things. That's where I discovered that nightshades trigger me in specific ways i've discovered that i'm okay with dairy though if i indulge i will have more mucus i will be spitting more i will have more allergies and stuff like that so i can have some but not too much and i started really realizing that uh the type of fat that is used to cook my food triggers also a lot of different things so having only very good very selective fat will make things better uh and so it it was really a process and it's been painful Uh, i made the elimination diet for 60 days and of course i went into a carb flu where you have withdrawal from sugar because i was pre-diabetic so i was it it was hurting me I was not eating enough protein at the time, so I would I would not uh, metabolize 
it at the, the protein as sugar. So I started having an ear infection over ear infection over ear infection. Uh, I've gone through a heck of a lot. It was a real journey to discover how my body was reacting. And 60 days is barely enough to discover five or 10 types of food. But how many types of food are you eating? How many types of different bread, different shops are you buying your bread at? Because different type of flour will affect you differently. And so it's like making those research takes a lot of time. Be it addiction, be it feeling like crap, physically, mentally, or emotionally, I cannot recommend highly enough for you to watch the video on YouTube. It's free. It's a, it's from a TED talk from Jutson Brewer uh, about mindfulness and breaking bad habits. And his number one recommendation that I always say is be your own scientist. Don't believe the bullshit mainstream media of anything. No matter what the government is saying, no matter what science is proving, I can prove you that science proves nothing outside that science is proven wrong all the time. Yeah. So That's don't just believe that science proves anything. Yeah. Make your own research. Research the science of it, but research, research how it affects you because science is mainstream. And it's often overly simplified and manipulated for money's sake. I'm not saying all of it is bullshit, but I'm saying don't take it as paper face value. Absolutely. Grab the concept and try it for yourself. That, that's really the key of me getting back into super health, superhuman health. Like I've been sick one time in the last three years. I'm doing stuff like human flag and working on front and back lever. Like, yeah, I, I'm just to quote, I used to be a failing entrepreneur. I'm running a business that's moderately successful. I'm not multimillionaire, but I'm doing okay. I'm running a volunteer organization. I'm the board member of a charity in Uganda. And on the top of that, I'm leader of another charity organization for a specific program two program actually going on so it's like how much can i take on my plate while sleeping my seven and a half hours well if i'm able to do that i'm sure you can do more for your life not just you john but your yeah. your listen I, I, I hear uh, you. just challenge whatever you believe about yourself and don't just believe the the plain paper science try it for yourself that's my recommendation. Be your own I, I think that's a really powerful message. Like nightshades is a, is a great example. And there's like, um, and this is where people get like con confused and there's, there's people different camps on it. I mean, some of the research on it has just been done on potatoes, you know, and, and so the nightshades and other ones, it's slightly different. Uh, Dave Asprey talks about some of the lectin content, increasing feelings of hunger. I mean, so there's a lot of there's a lot of information here that does like it, there's enough to call into a question and think about like, should I should I eat like nightshades now? So like myself personally, like um, like it's a little bit different. 
I, I can do onions, garlic, bell peppers. I don't really eat a lot of potatoes. Um, and tomatoes is just kind of like here and there. They tend to have a really high pesticide retention. So I kind of just kind of keep a distance mm -hmm. other than, you know, other anti-nutrients in it, like the seeds and the peel. And, and so again, through also like experimentation, I know it's like, all right, onions and garlic, I'm going to be fine with. Um, I don't really eat a lot of tomatoes or potatoes. Um, and that leaves red bell peppers and I'll have them and then I won't. You know, and it's yeah. like, yeah, take, take, another example. take another example. Everybody says nuts are superfood, right? And it's good for you. Great. Wonderful. The problem is how does it trigger you? So yeah. for me, nuts is a great food. It's got good fat content and it's, it's making me feel pretty good. The only problem is as soon as I start eating nuts, I binge on it. it it's, it's more easy for me to drink a glass of wine or drink a beer and say stop than to stop eating nuts. So the problem is instead of having just a handful of, as soon as I get started, I want more and more and more and more and more and more. And it's supposedly a good food, but if you eat 500 grams of nuts, well, <laughs> it's not as good for you because the, 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 the content of fat is pretty high. The, the level of carbs is pretty high. So it messes up your entire lifestyle and diet because you have way too many calories and in a very inappropriate form. Yep. So it's like, yes, there are some very good healthy food, super healthy food but how do they work for your body, right? And, and for, what happens to me? For Americans, no. uh, 500 grams is about one pound. I just wanted to throw that out there because there are yeah, yeah. some Americans that listen, but sorry for the interruption. Yeah, but it's like whatever works for me might not work for you. I know you can eat nuts and just enjoy a handful and be fine. Yeah, I, I, I don't go crazy. It's going to be... One to two handfuls. If I have a nut butter, it's going to be one to two spoonfuls, maybe maybe three or four if I'm really hungry. Dude, if I and, get a nut butter, I'm going to have the pot in one time. And that that's like, I know it. That's why I don't want to buy two of them because I know I will be binging on that stuff. Totally. Like, mindset around food is big. Like when I have like a nut butter, especially when I've gotten something like organic on sale and sustainably sourced which is kind of like hard to find and i'm just like yes i'm, I'm gonna make it last <laughs> and then it's like yes i get i get it every day you know so i mean we all have different yeah stuff but that, that's on. that that's the point it's like something that affects me in a specific way will affect you in a very different way and science says that nuts is good for you but yeah. But to which extent? How does it work with your brain, with your gut, with your microbiome? Like dates are also considered a superfood. And I love dates. Like I love dates. They're so good. But but if I eat that stuff, you know what? It triggers allergy deep to my core for up to three days. I'm inflamed and I can't speak proper. That's intense. And it's not an allergy to date itself. 
it's an it's just that date because they are long and slow process they they get some extra uh, histamine sorry oh uh, yeah 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 it, it's it's one of the like possible histamine containing foods yeah yeah and so by having too much histamine it triggers an overall allergy it's not an allergy to the date itself it's allergies to chocolate so when i have date if i combine it with chocolate it will make me flare up even more yeah but i can have tons of chocolate black chocolate on a daily basis and be entirely fine yeah go figure like the worst thing that's going to happen to me with dates is maybe just a little bit of extra submarines in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you see that that's exactly the point it's like yeah. your journey and my journey are very different and science says whatever they want to sell you but <laughs> what you take and try for yourself will be a very revealing effect Absolutely. and it's the same for everything there is not one proven method to becoming rich there is what works for you you got to adapt to it you got to adapt to the mindset of the entrepreneur and make your own peace with your own concept we all have to deal with different things be it health be it phys physical emotional mental spiritual or uh financial it's like doesn't matter just see what works for you what affects you in which way that's really the key message of my story is like there is no one size fit all for anything don't be dogmatic and be your own scientist so let's let's fast forward right now so in in your in your nutritional approach now what's what's working for you now what what's responding for you what's how are you what does your optimization like look like what are your food groups you know all right so i will say i'm very eclectic and i'm anti dogmatic or i'm dogmatic about being not dogmatic um uh, for a simple fact that i'm not a vegan but i will have period where i eat only veggies veggies and fruit and i'm not a vegetarian but i will have period where i eat mostly veggies and eggs uh I stay away from fish because most fish is farm fish. Yeah. So I, I will have maybe once every two or three months some fish, but it's like, um, I know I love salmon. I love tuna, but the, the content of mercury and other heavy metals is just like, not for me. Um, and so I basically vary and I try to be as, mindful as a 5000 year old me like what were we doing when we were cavemen well if we found a tree with apples we were eating all of that shit in one day maybe two yeah because if we were not well the yeah. birds and the squirrels and other animals were eating them and so if i'm going to binge on sugar stuff on stuff that are rich in carbs and and sugar content like fruits then i will make a one day binge where i will just 
mostly eat fruits because I know I want some sweet treats and I, I want to indulge. And I might even have some, some cookies and some, uh, they have that stuff that they call Laupo Bing, which is the, the, the cookie for the, the wife here in China. And I love that shit. I know it's not good for me. So what I do is I will just plan on one day where I just principally feed myself of fruits and labobing. And I will just indulge in that and not feel guilty about it. I feel good because it's one day. It's not, it's not one day on a week. It's one day occasionally here and there when I feel that I'm craving some sweet treats. Uh, I'm trying to be on a almost consistent um, intermittent fast. So I'm generally in between 16 and 18 hours fasted and the rest I eat. Uh, I break my fast most of the time with just a tiny bit of fat MCT uh, and some protein collagen. Generally with my coffee, but it might be with hot chocolate depending on how I feel and what time of the day it is and stuff. Uh, so that's almost every day how I break my fast so that I get good stuff in. And then after that, I eat whatever I want. Uh, I try to vary from season to season. I do periods of one or two weeks where I will eat only eggs and liver. And then I will do period two, three, four weeks where I eat mostly vegetarian. When I want to gain weight, I go vegetarian because I eat so much beans and so much carbs that I just put on more, uh, more substance. And then whenever, whenever I want to lean out, I just reduce the carbs and go more onto meat and fat, like more of a keto bulletproof slash approach. Yeah. But once more, I'm not being dogmatic. I'm really very flexible. And after two years of doing mostly bulletproof because I, I needed to overcome my pre-diabetic disposition. Uh, after that, I was extremely sensitive to carbs. And I was like, that should not happen. If I'm eating sugar, my body should be able to use it for energy. If I'm eating fat, my body should be able to use it for energy. So I started learning about uh, bioflexibility and uh, metabolic flexibility. And so I started training myself into switching from carbs to fat, carbs to fat, carbs to fat. And I will do sometime two months where I'm just fat and two months or one month where I'm just carbs. It really depends on how I feel. I listen to my body more than I follow a system. So if I, if I feel that I'm gaining a bit of weight, I will cut out and lean out. Not weight. I don't even weigh myself. Well, but that's a really fat. important if I feel I'm is that you can tune in to like the biofeedback you're, you're, you're receiving and you're really, you're really, yes. because of what you've been through, because they're doing different detoxes, because of using oils and meditations and a lot of other stuff. So that's really, really important key here with you being able to be like flexible and utilize these different. But I will rephrase that. I will re rephrase that. I'm not in tune because there, there is no magic button that makes you be in tune. Uh, when, when I hear you say in tune, I'm like, oh, I, I feel like somebody who, who knows, right? 
But the body changes, the season changes, the gut microbiome is completely different from year on year on. So I would say that it's not that I'm in tune, it's just that I'm I'm studying, I'm being my own scientist about my body again and over again and over again. Uh, for the simple reason that something that was affecting me two years ago won't affect me the same way this year. For the simple reason that I ate probably very different, I thought very different thoughts. I felt very different. I had different sun exposure. I had different time at the beach. I had different uh, emotional uh, moods and behavior. And all of that will affect the way I feel. So it's more of, okay, how am I feeling now? And it's not really being in tune, but tuning in on a regular basis. It's going and making the research on a, daily, on a regular basis, being like, okay, it's been a couple of months and now I'm feeling my knees are a bit sore. So maybe I should be eating more fat and meat and reducing the carb content so that it reduces the inflammatory content in my body so I can feel better. Or I'm feeling great and I'm, I'm maybe a bit too lean because my body fat dropped down. So maybe I want to get back into gaining a bit and just putting on some reserve because if you're too low on body fat, your hormone system will go in a very different way because it's like, oh, we're not storing enough. We need something. So I just go and binge a bit more. And so it's more of tuning in on a regular basis. And that's something, it works for emotion. It works for the mind. It works for, the, for your finances. It works for everything in your life. Your health, your mind, your emotion, your finance, and your business, everything you need to tune in and be a scientist on the regular. I can't believe it's been already more than an hour. And I think that's a really great place to kind of leave this off. Call to action, be your own scientist. There are some really good references in there. Think and Grow Rich, The Slight Edge, Tom Billio. I'll put some links in the description. You can check them out. Um, so I, I would I would say like, what advice would you give people who are like really they're 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 ready to change and like what do they what do they need to do? What are their first steps? Okay, I, I'll give three advice. I'll try to make it simple. Don't look outside for a change, but be your own scientist with yourself. Second, everything is your fault. Yeah. You might hate me for that, but everything is your fault. Yeah, that, that's, Take that's so true. Embrace <laughs> it and accept that everything is your fault. The way that person makes you feel is your fault. It's your feeling, not that person's behavior. You can control other, you can control yourself. And third, take it a step at a time. Learn the compound effect. Those are really my three uh, key to changing anything in your life. Beyond scientist, everything is my fault. And uh, learn the compound effect and apply it in every area of your life. You will see five years later, your life will be tremendously different. And it's awesome. beautiful. 
And and if people have questions for you and want to reach out, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, email is chefbruno.tic at gmail.com. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Skyton Bruno or Bruno Skyton. There are probably not many Skyton. Uh, S-C-H-U-Y-T-E-N. Uh, I know it's not a common name. I'm from Belgium. Excuse that. <laughs> uh, on WeChat, it's Z-E-N-R-I-T-H, Zenrith. Um, well, I think that's about it, right? All right. Uh, email, e- email, WeChat, and Facebook. Email, WeChat, me Facebook. I'll put, I'll put that down in the description. If you have questions for Bruno, you can reach out to him. Awesome. So if you need to change... Awesome. And be ready to change, be your own scientist. And there are there there's so many like rabbit holes we could go down. Definitely <laughs> like need to do this again. <laughs> uh it's it's, it's, it's been great, man. I'm I'm so grateful to like have you on here and people like to listen to your story and like take like learn and take some positive action to impact their own life. Pleasure is mine, and thanks for welcoming us and inviting me into your show. Uh, I really hope people will will take some of the key takeaways, and they will not be dogmatic. Uh, have a good one, and thanks again for having me. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.